If you listen closely, Peter's actually saying, Today's top spoiler, he gets high on you! Oh my god. This is spoilers. <laughs> this is spoilers. Yeah. How'd you guys like that? Amazing. I, I love how you committed to it. You have to, Josh. You just have to sometimes. Well done. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Stevie. And today, we are going to be reviewing a Patreon pick uh, from our superhero correspondent, PK. Isn't that exciting? Hootie hoo. And today, we're going to be breaking... Not a... Oh, go ahead, Josh. Not a superhero movie. Not a superhero movie. Just um, it's got Lou Ferrigno in it, though. It does have television's The Hulk. You are correct. Yeah. And uh, Ant Man. And Ant Man. Yeah. And J. Jonah Jameson. And J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, God. Keep going. Who else? Jane Curtin. Isn't she in one of these movies? No. I don't think Tevin Downey is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. He looked uh, much different in his younger days. Um, but today we're going to be breaking down the 2000, was it, 9, I think. Yeah, 2009 comedy classic, I Love You, Man. Super, super exciting. And Let's also, go. Josh, you may be able to interpret this better than I. Actually, before I do opening questions, Pappy, do you have a review you want to go, break down? John Favreau, by the way. That's right. I have PK's opening question here on audio that I can play. Uh, yes. What's up, spoilers crew? It's your superhero correspondent, PK, here, coming at you with a non-superhero movie because I love coming on those episodes and recording with you guys, so I wanted to give you guys something a little different. And uh, I didn't know he was live. To Forgetting Sarah Marshall episode, which is <laughs> one of my favorite movies. I think one of you suggested that this would be a fun episode, so I am giving you guys I Love You, Man, one of my favorite comedies. Hope you guys have fun with it, and I do have an opening question for you. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the movie, but I've always wanted to play the character Indiana Jones. I'm trying to make my own Indiana Jones short film. So if you could play any character in any movie or any franchise, what character would you want to play? Interesting opening question. Also, I didn't know he was making a short film. Neither did I. Good on him. He's shown me some of the stills. They look pretty cool. He's trying to get it off the ground. We'll review it and we'll, it'll be harsh. Dang, bro. Just kidding. It's Dank Force 2. Deep cut. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's not one of our most popular episodes. Oh, man. Happy, why don't you start off? Obstacle. Test, test, test. Hey, Pap. 
Oh, hey, Pat. Sorry, I was recording the system sound, not my own sound, so I'm going to have to use the Skype call. Sorry about that. Um, okay, if I could play any character from any franchise, um, this is Pat B. Recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, that's a tough one. I don't think it'd be Indiana Jones. You know, I'm going to go with Jack Sparrow. I think that would be fun. I think it'd be fun to be part of the gore core. I feel like if you were just a normal person who created Jack Sparrow, it'd be like an awesome career achievement. I feel like it kind of derailed Johnny Depp's <laughs> career a little bit, but like, I don't know. Everyone loves Jack Sparrow nominated for best actor, you know, classic character. Be fun to be a pirate. I don't know how we're supposed to take the question. Yeah, I guess I think like what would be the most fun and make a lot of money. Yeah, like do you have to be like built? Yeah, to be Jack Sparrow? No. No, I just meant like I guess the character Pat. Like, yeah, I guess it's open for interpretation. You said if you could play any character from anything. Mm. So what's your problem then, Pat? What are you thinking? I don't have a problem. I'm saying I would want to be Jack Sparrow. I would want to like I don't know. I think that would be a fun one to play. Why am I getting attacked for Jack Sparrow? No, you're not. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out the question. Is it to be or just to play? <laughs> Go to the tape. Like, I mean, I would love to play John Wick, but I don't want my dog and my wife to be dead. He's, yeah, he's one of my top four. Listen, here's the, here it is. What character would you want to play? Can't wait to be on for more superhero movies. I didn't take it as like, what character would you want to actually yeah, have to- Yeah, definitely not become i thought it'd be like if you could play any character like okay i got you george oh this is josh from goshen um, I'm going to do something I typically do with these questions and use it as an opportunity to toss back to previous spoilers content. And do you guys remember when we did 20 episodes on the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Peter Jackson's trilogy? How forget? Do you recall? Vaguely, yeah. So hear me out here. Don't you think it'd be so fun for me to play one of the main orcs uh, I could be the guy that kills Boromir. I could be the guy in the third movie. What's his name? Uh, do you guys remember the names of the orcs? Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, the Harvey Gothmog. Yeah, Gothmog. Yeah, Gothmog, yeah. <laughs> Josh, come on. You'd be the meat. You'd be the meats org. I think I would. I, the, th- the good opportunity with orcs is that you could maybe play multiple because mm-hmm. the makeup is different and I could get a different orc scent for each one that I was playing, get into character, just eat meat for days. Sounds great. Leave it to Josh to name, a, to play a nameless orc from a movie <laughs> franchise. Oh, I, I, that's who you'd want to Like play. the Helm's Deep, like rock orc, the one that like holds up a sword and screams for people to oh, march yeah. on. Yeah. That, that's my dude. Like I would play him in a heartbeat. Great paycheck. You're going to be there for all the hours. And also, you can still walk down the streets without getting accosted for like being recognized. Are you going to? How about the Olympic torchbearer, Josh? I'm telling you, any orc you could possibly <laughs> think of would be so fun to play. The suicide orc? 
the ones that have the bad deaths would be fun. Yeah, the one running in strapped with the bomb. Awesome. <laughs> Fighting Aragorn. You got to be that. Definitely got to be the big guy in the first one. One of the ones that are like a, the smaller type that are just sprinting down the hallway that scatter once the Balrog comes. Just like mm. one of those bitch guys. One of the goblins. Too. Yeah, yeah. Just sprinting down the hallway <laughs> against them and then running for your life down the hallway. <laughs> Josh, would you want to be the goblins in the Hobbit movies, too? Let's just stick to the Peter Jackson. <laughs> hey, that's Peter Jackson. <laughs> Wait, what's the song? It's all the franchise. Do you guys still got the tune in your head from that? When there's a whip. Back down, from, down, there's from. a whip. <laughs> or Frodo of the Nine Fingers. Whoever just did the whip sound is genius. I'm not sure who that was, but... Probably Pap. I just did a darn, 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 darn. Anyway, thanks for listening to that long-winded question. But, yep, Josh from Goshen, Orcs. Brett. Okay. Um, I originally came in with three, but I won't say all three because I don't want to be that guy. Say all three. The thing is, like, what I'm saying is it's, like, super unrealistic. But I love Superman. John Wick was also one of mine. And then... Uh, make whatever joke you want. I know my wife will later. Uh, I would love to play Albus Dumbledore. Ooh. And I'd actually want to play him the way that he was written. Nothing against Michael Gambon. He's a fantastic actor, but he does a terrible job playing Dumbledore. You like frail Dumbledore? He's more accurate to the book. He, Richard Harris? Yeah, I like Richard Harris. I do too. What's the main trait you need to flip? Dude, there is a clip on YouTube that's like seven seconds long and it sums it up so perfectly. I will send it to you. Well, it's, in uh, podcast form, how would you describe the change um, in character? Okay, so, so someone <laughs> reads the thing. When uh, when his name's in the Goblet of Fire and they're waiting in the secret room to hit the room, when Dumbledore comes in, it, it like it shows the book, says Dumbledore asks calmly, did you put your name in? And then it goes to the clip of the movie and he's like sprinting in. He like grabs Harry by the sh- like the throat, and he's like, "Did you put your name in the goblet?" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, that's not his. That's not Michael Gammon's fault. I think they catered the character to him instead of like Richard no. Harris plays it. Writing's writing, man. You don't write for a character on a franchise like that. That's not his fault. He's just well, doing what he's told. I, I, I said it wasn't this is Michael Gammon. I just don't think he was. He played it very well. So if it's his fault, if it was, uh, who was it? Uh, not Columbus. Who did the other ones? Nariatsu, uh, whatever his name's called. Um, I feel like yeah, he only did Prisoner of Azkaban. Hmm. So like, Brett, who would be like your wizard lover in the, like in your like Harry Potter universe? Yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, mm, good, question. good question. Uh, well... First of all, I always hated that she came out and said that. She could say whatever she wants, but I always considered him asexual. So, um, Alfonso well, Cuarón did Prisoner of Azkaban. My bad. Cuarón, yeah. yeah. That, that's the other guy I was thinking of. Are you asking who my gay lover would be? Yes. Like who in the um, Harry Potter Wizarding World, Wizarding World, would you be like? All right. That's a good question. I mean, it's serious, obviously. Yeah, serious. I mean, you got to go Kingsley Shackable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a Dobby man myself. No, I think I'd want, uh, I think I'd want McGonagall's. I mean, just change me. Be strict with me. <laughs> Let's move. Let's move on. 
<laughs> no, Brittany, put those divorce papers away. Okay, um, this is Stevie. Uh, if I could play any character, this seems pretty simple to me and pretty on point. I talk about it all the time. It's always my dream growing up to rob a bank, still is. Um, I would have to be Johnny Utah. Like, that, and the original Point Break, that'd be so much fun to play. Like, you get to jump out of planes. You get to pretty much run around town. Um, you get to play next to Patrick Swayze. Like, and Gary Busey, that'd be a ton of fun. Dexter kills people, but he kills bad guys. And you would rob banks, but for, like, a good purpose. I like well, it. Well, to hang out with Patrick Swayze and to bring people to justice. Yeah. Like, that's like... <laughs> the just, justice. Would you go skydiving with one parachute with Patrick Swayze? Oh, well, I'd go skydiving with no parachute and just hold on. <laughs> not, yeah, no hold no on. questions asked. I'd just hold on. Be like, all right, dude, throw it up whenever. I think that it's been a really fun film to work on. And that movie was perfect for its time, so easily Johnny Utah on Point Break. Is that a franchise, though? Does that count? If you want money, you pick Fast and the Furious. The thing of it is, is like the first Fast and Furious is Point Break, so you get that one, too, and the new Point Break. So what are you saying if you were an actor, what role would be like your best role as a chance to get a successful career? Is that what the this angle is? I don't know. Because maybe I got to rethink the orc thing. Yeah, I thought orc was a weird pick, to be honest. If you could play any character from any franchise orc any franchise oh i also assume you get the paycheck that comes with it that factored into my decision i, I would i would like to play al neary from the godfathers that'd be a lot of fun <laughs> and you have what half a line but he's in a lot of scenes he he, he's just there witnessing greatness he's a big character in the book he's, he's huge in the, book. in the movies yeah uh it's um that'd be a lot of fun just to stand there watch al pacino go about his day you know, watch Francis Ford do his work. Oh, it'd be nice. That'd be do some coke with him afterwards. Just stand there though. He's he just stands in so many scenes. He's just standing. Plus, he puts on like thirty pounds between the first and third movie, so you get to eat. You do get to eat. That'd be nice. Uh, I don't count the third one though. But yeah, I would say Al Neri if I was doing like a franchise. Wow, what a deep cut, Stevie. I love it. Love it. Speaking of love, let's talk about this movie. I love you, Matt. So, I'm a big fan. Man. <laughs> I'm a big fan of rom-coms, not going to lie. Um, this isn't your typical rom-com, though. This is what... Pap, how long have bromance has been around for? Scrubs. Um, I mean, like, I feel like if you, the, the buddy comedy goes back, like, a long ways. You know what the I mean? The buddy comedy, but I'm talking, like, yeah, bromance. Yeah, like, bromance. Like, uh, Murtaugh and Riggs aren't bromance, but no, they're buddies. No, but they're buddies. Yeah, this is... This is mm. bromance. Like psych. I'll just cut right to the chase, Brett. Yeah. And and Zach Braff and uh, Donald Faison, they said they said they invented the bromance. Wouldn't so. surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's right around there 20 years ago. Yeah, I'd say it's about right. Popular. Yeah, I think that that's about right. And <laughs> Josh, Peter is our main character played by Paul Rudd. And he's kind of an odd fellow. 
He has no male friends to speak of. And it's his own doing. In your life, have you known any people like Peter? That's straight, guys. No. I'll an- can I answer this in a slightly different way? <laughs> sure. I think every grown man has stretches of their life where they kind of at least feel like this. No. And I think you get in a zone where maybe you just kind of are working your job and coming home and just getting enough rest to kind of get by. Maybe you see your parents or family on the weekend and it's kind of rinse and repeat. And then all of a sudden you look up and you haven't had a conversation with a buddy in like eight or 10 months or something. And I think for us on this podcast, a lot of that staved away because of this podcast, which is cool. It's true. But I think like this movie takes it to an extreme, but it's taking like that little nugget. I'm talking about the extreme levels. I've met, I've met one Peter in my life. You you know, real life, Peter, tell me about it. I know a real life Peter, dude. And it was weird. Give us some of the traits that overlap here. I'm I'm loving it. This is going to sound so offensive. The no lodge between the vag. Is that dude? Yeah. It's, um, (laughs) it was peculiar. So what's his name? I, I don't really know because this is going to sound terrible. Because this person sometimes <laughs> listen to this, listens to this podcast. Uh-oh. So, no, it's not the person, but it's like a kind of an affiliation. So, let's just call it like of a friend of a friend. I know this girl who has a friend. She's kind of an influencer, and her husband, who I've met like twice, is like a real life Peter. It was very weird. Um. He's a but nice. Peter's g- cool, though. No, but like, he's a nice guy. But he makes root beer floats, dude. That happened, like chocolate <laughs> straws and all. Like, it, <laughs> I'm dude, n- not kidding. Pepperidge like, Farm. Like, yeah, like the whole like you know chocolate shakes with uh you know I could say edible straws that happened. Ooh. Dressed very much like Peter. Um, had. No stories whatsoever to speak of of like previous friends or anything like that. Even just like simple guy talk was like a stretch. It w- it was weird. Um, nice guy, just you could definitely tell he was very much like Peter. Peppy, do you agree with my premise though that there is like a kernel of truth that this movie takes that we all maybe feel a little bit, and then it takes it to the extreme or something? Dude, I mean, especially now, like I feel like it's you know people work from home like how do you make friends as an adult i feel like that's, Dude, that's hard i feel like that's a good question that this movie asks like even more so than like someone being like peter i think it's like what you're saying josh once you get into that rhythm it's like how how would you approach another man and be like do you want to chill <laughs> like hang out you know what i mean it's just like an awkward be, thing to besides do. you guys i have not made a non-work friend probably since college and even that I kind of had my, no, I mean, obviously I met people in college, but like in work friends, when I leave the company, they're I'm just not friends with them anymore. Like mm-hmm. you guys are the only ones. Obviously Josh and I were friends in in college, but uh, I mean, you guys, I didn't really know you guys. I met you right before you went to Amsterdam in the hot tub. I mean, that's like, it's a good question this movie does ask though, is like, 
In today's society, it's like nearly impossible, right? In a work from home setting, it's like you're not gonna make work friends. Yeah. You need like someone to- I think you might, you might like, actually have to resort to some of the things that he does in this movie. <laughs> what does Andy Samberg say? You gotta be aggressive. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get be out aggressive. There. You gotta put yourself out there, man. You see a cool guy on the street. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to Galaxy Games. Here we go, Galaxy. And like you guys said, like I'm kind of with Brett though. I haven't made like a non-work friend like after college, maybe like one. And that was just like it, like as far as like non-work friends. But like even just like asking like another person like, hey, want to go grab a beard, grab a beer? It's like, it's it's a lot harder than it sounds if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's who Peter is. Like he's gotten to this point, but he doesn't have any previous friends from that no way. because he took that to an extreme where he was just always the girlfriend guy mm-hmm. and there's a very real scene here at the beginning where we actually get to see two possibly kind of canceled people aziz and sorry and nick kroll <laughs> nick kroll um is nick kroll actually nick kroll's not talking about the douche okay okay the douche ira and the douche ira and the douche as far as the movie goes peter he has work friends and then he has this hobby fencing, <laughs> which is kind of bizarre, but he's in like the fencing club of South LA or something. And so he has like fencing buddies, but when he goes to tell them that he's engaged, do you guys want to have a beer with me? They're actually already going to a bachelor party for one of the other <laughs> three guys because they're all actually friends. I think it's Nick. Wait, who's getting married? Aziz mm-hmm. is getting Aziz. married. <laughs> Dude, Gil cracks me up when he later in the movie he's like, fuck me raw. Like when he loses, <laughs> he just blows up. I love it when he's just like, fuck you, Peter. Yeah. And Peter's like, hey, good job. Yeah. Like, no, but like even that scene kind of like demonstrate, demonstrates though, like this predicament that he's in, it's like his fault because Z's even yeah. mentions like, you know, every time we invite you out somewhere, you never want to go, which is just kind yeah. of like the reflection of like where Peter is at. Hey, so you guys want to um like, Get some grub or grab a beer or something? We're actually heading up to Joshua Tree tonight. Oh, yeah? Oh, what's going on up there? We're just doing this thing for Eugene, you know, kind of a bachelor party slash camping trip kind of thing, you know. I didn't even know you were getting married. Yeah, taking a leap next Sunday. Great. <laughs> Dirty little slut. Whoa, He's going to lose his virginity, finally. <laughs> I fucked my girlfriend. He's kidding. <laughs> right on. Very cool. Very, very cool. That's cool. I would have invited you, man. I just didn't think that you'd be into it. You never really come out with us after practice and stuff. Oh, no, dude. Seriously, don't even. It's so fine, really. Thanks, though. Thank you. But, you know, it's funny, actually. uh, I I just got engaged myself. Wow. You did? That's awesome. Congratulations. That's great. (laughs) Good luck with that. Thank you. And, And you, too. It just, it's like one of those scary things, like you said, Josh, it just hits you all at once and you wake up one day and you realize you have no male friends to speak of, not even previous ones. If we're being honest, between that, like in the no lodge, between the Vaj, like to get into this relationship the day after he broke up with his ex-girlfriend and he has no other friends, like, I don't, maybe Peter needs to take some time and work on himself, you know? Like he should have been hanging out with Jason Siegel long ago, (laughs) like while he was single. (laughs) Hmm. But he didn't know him then. 
which is weird. You don't think that's weird that like he, he it gets engaged with the person that he met the day after he broke up with his ex-girlfriend? It's not like, that wouldn't be like a red flag. Dude, that's that, that's that's like serial killer behavior. He needs to go to speed dating like in uh, 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> let's move in together. And the other thing is too is like, let's be realistic here. I mean, Peter is worth a lot of money, right? He seems to be. Like, look at his, look at the house he has. It's about to become a land baron. Commercial he's real about to estate. Become, yeah, own a bunch of real estate. Like he's listing Lou Ferrigno, you know, the Hulk, the Hulk from television's house. Like this dude's not hurting for money. I mean, you think like with the job he has too, and he seems successful, he'd be able to network a little better and just, I don't know, have some friends, right? Hmm. But why does a man even really need friends? Just to provide arms for bridesmaids like that's kind of fucked up i mean that is kind of the thing that's like <clears throat> the movie's like he needs a male friend you know what i mean like those ladies at work they love him you know he's got they're all friends why can't they be yeah his groomsmen lady groomsmen yeah grooms women i think a more realistic version of this scenario is that he learns a lesson and starts slowly becoming friends with aziz and pals <laughs> like yeah. you missed you messed up on this one but like start making it clear like yeah you would like to hang out at the bar next time but uh, i don't know i think also the movie goes out of the way out of its way to show those aren't really like his people anyway like jason seagal is his people somehow To be right as the rain is better when something is wrong. You get excitement in your bones, and everything you do's a game. When night comes in your only or at home, you can say I chose. I have a question that I'd like to ask, just so I want to know. It's like an argument that Brittany and I had years ago, and after rewatching this movie, I'm like convinced 100% that I'm right. So, in, when it comes down to for, Forgetting Sarah Marshall in this movie, I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall a lot more. Brittany likes I Love You Man a lot more. Where do you guys stand? If I could ask that real quick. I, I, I mean, I'm happy to be yeah, doing this I'm, not, I'm not ripping okay. on PK. It's a good movie. Like, no, no. Um, we can get into it down the line, but I prefer Forgetting Sarah Marshall because I feel like I Love You Man like loses some steam towards I the end. Like it's awkward, too. That's the problem I have with it. Oh, I love the I know you do. You love like, that. I, I, I mean, like, especially how Peter can't talk. Yeah, no, it's embarrassing. Like, it's, like, it's amazing to me. Brittany and I argue like she loves slapping the bass, and I. That's like one of my, my most cringeworthy scenes, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we jam a little bit. You play an instrument? Yeah, can't believe I've never told you I play bass. Really? Oh yeah, I slapped the bass big time. What do you? What is that? You sound like a leprechaun. No, what that's that? a reggae guy. Um, I just did reggae. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound reggae. No. Slap the bass. No. Uh, how does it? It's like big time, big time, big time. Big time. Slap the bass, big time. Mm. Slap the bass. That sounded like Bora. Yeah. Slap the bass, big time. That's better. That's better. Is 
so uncomfortable. I slap at the bass. Slap at the bass, man. Oh, God. I, slap at the bass! <laughs> I mean, at the time, <laughs> I liked this way more, dude. I don't think I realized... Is this not a Judd Apatow movie? It's not. I always thought it was. Dude, that is mind-blowing to me, because at the time, it seemed like it was like almost like a sequel <laughs> to Forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall. But I think now I like Forgetting Sarah Marshall a little bit more, but I watched this movie so many times back in like high school. Like I watched this movie a shit ton back in the day. One of my favorite scenes of the entire movie is kind of when Peter's going through his montage of like meeting people and trying to find like a male friend. Thomas Lennon's great. And, and oh yeah, Lieutenant Lieutenant Dangle? Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> I mean one of my favorite scenes is when he's trying to brew out with John Favreau. Oh god. And it, it it's just little things like when John Favreau's going through like his poker talk and he, you know, I forget what he says, but like kind of like a rainbow river and Paul Rudd looks at him and he's like, I didn't know. I, I didn't know I had a rainbow. I'm sorry. <laughs> just little stuff like that is just awesome. How do you feel about the puke in the face? So gross. love every second of it. Yeah. But if he was eating up close, it'd be gross. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Like have any John Favreau though is like the biggest dick ever. Okay, he's a he's a dick to his wife, and they have this makeup sex thing, and that's their kink. But like, why is he getting off on being a dick to Paul Rudd all the time? He just doesn't like him. I guess, but like, it's it's to a weird extent. Like, I I think his buddies are even a little bit like back off, man. I, I don't know. It's. Very aggressive. Like just an alpha, like an annoying type person. Yeah, it's just alphaing, man. He's like, he's kind of like, you know, my wife is making me hang out with you. Um, you know, I don't have to be your buddy. I think he's just kind of like drawing that line in the sand. That's all. Mm. Maybe he just plays it well because he's just pretty despisable. <laughs> Do you, you don't find him funny at all, Josh? No, he's he's definitely funny, but I just think like if you would come out of this movie actually like wanting to hang out with that guy, I would think you were pretty crazy. Right. I wouldn't want to hang out with that person. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be in the same like zip code as this guy. No. I'm so psyched for you. I feel like I'm going to puke right now. Oh my God. Hold on. Barry hates when I'm in the house during his poker night. Would you give me a Get second? Get out. You douche? Get out of hey, the hey, fucking Zoe house. No, to who? To who? Are you joking? To Peter. To who? I don't know, Peter. They got like 20 times. You've met him like 20 times. I don't know, Peter. You don't know Peter. I have no idea who that is. Okay, we've been on like 20 dates with him. You don't I've know I've never him. met Peter. You are such an asshole. Sorry. I know one or two people like John Favreau's character. Yeah. They they have their moments. Well, I like at the beginning um, when John Favreau insists <laughs> he's never met Peter. I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> like, hey, you've met 25 times. I met him. I don't know. <laughs> the puking scene and also later in the movie... When Favreau's at the Chinese restaurant, and it's so offensive, and he goes, "It smells like a pet shelter in here." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not a great dude, I don't think. Josh, have you been to like that kind of like part of like Santa Monica, like South LA? No, the where's the pier at that they're walking? Santa around? Monica. I have been. There. No, I think there's Venice, Venice Beach. Beach yeah. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. been to Santa Monica Pier. I've not been to Venice Beach, but so this is a like a LA movie. Is this like in the L.A. playlist for spoilers, Pat? <sighs> is Simi Valley in here? Are we missing not having Kylo on the pod? What other movie did we do from Simi Valley? Was that... Um, Everything Everywhere? Did you do that? 
Yeah, that's in Simi Valley. That that's it. It can be in the LA playlist. I mean, I, I feel like the fact that it's Lou Ferrigno's house is a big part of the movie. Like, do you think Lou Ferrigno can really afford a house that big in LA? It's, I've looked up his net worth. I don't think it's that high. Also, a lot of these filming lo- locations were all in Venice or Venice Beach. With the statue of Lou Ferrigno out in front, too. <laughs> back. I mean, I always felt kind of bad for Lou because he was all natural, but just had real insecurity problems. Um, Pumping iron. Yeah, I mean, Arnold was so mean to Lou during those what? days. Twelve like, million dollar net worth, not bad. I mean, you gotta imagine those King of Queens, like um, you know, royalty checks aren't too bad. Was he? Did he work with him in that show? Yeah, Lou. He was the neighbor. Cap, do you like that Lou Ferrigno plays himself in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think he's really funny. He's such a sweet guy, too. Like, I mean, I don't know. We can we we'll get to Jason Siegel. We'll get to Jason Siegel. He can be kind of an ass sometimes. <laughs> he like attack Lou Ferrigno, kind of unprovoked. He just puts him in a sleeper hold. So funny! Oh my gosh. He's like a gentle soul. I love that he's in the wedding party at the end too. Do you guys? How do I put this? Sydney's a great character. Like I love like the way Jason Siegel plays him. But do you guys find it weird that like Jason Siegel like also never works on himself in this movie? There's something missing, I feel like, in a cut. Now shut up and drive. I feel like there's supposed to be a revelation that he had like lost someone close to him or some, he was going through something weird, or uh, yeah, but some, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Because I mean, he's like 35 in this movie. He's obviously like obviously like a very like successful like professional in his field. Um, and like he doesn't really like ever like work on himself. He's either just hanging out with his friends, like having sex with randos. You know, he just I don't know. I just I know Peter's like the main character, but I find it weird that Sydney also like never works on himself either. If that makes sense. Well, it's weird I think he's because he's just totally chill. Go ahead. He's got super, a bunch of insecurities, but like about all of his friends moving on. You know what I mean? But yeah. he right, and like yeah. he never hits that point. He neither moves on nor like accepts those. That could know. have been a sequel, I think. I guess. Like, I don't know. I just feel like he's just really. I love you, man. Too. He's like the epitome of chill. I don't know. Well, you can be chill, but also still like... I love you too, man. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> like that, is. Josh. Uh, That's good. Like That's that. good. I love you too, man. I love that. But no, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm sure we all know some people like this, but it's like, it's not like he's in a rut or anything. He's like living his best life, but I mean, do you think he's just going to be like a single bachelor that kind of does what he wants forever? Even after like Peter moves on from him, plenty of people like that. Is Sydney just gonna find another Peter? It's uh, gonna find someone to return the favor. <laughs> God, that scene's freaking brutal. I think in the context of this movie, their friendship will continue. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think Peter still needs a friend, if nothing else. That's true. 
and this is the only one he has. So, <laughs> that's so true. Uh, uh, but I, th- I think that's like good to point out. And Stevie, do you also think there's something just like unexplained? Like, well, I'm not even saying like settle down, but there's like something like missing. I don't know. Like, I can't explain it. Okay, like it's one thing to be open about your sex life, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to have like your lube and lotion and like Kleenexes <laughs> just chilling on the table next to you when your buddies. That's like the biggest bong ever, dude. <laughs> it's so ginormous back there. <laughs> because I mean, maybe this movie is about like meeting the right person at the right time. Because you guys are right. I mean, all of his friends are moving on. Like, or have moved on. It was like kind of one of those things where like the hike was like a big deal because we can all get together. And, you know, those friends are kind of like saying like, I'll see you in another six to eight months. You know what I mean? And it's so bright out when they're all leaving each other. Yeah, I got to go. It's like like two o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon. I got a jet. (laughs) He's kind of an ass though. You know, I mean like the, the dog poop thing. That's really not cool. Like that's not even being like free. It's just being, it's just being a douche. Do you think he's got some Andrew Tate in him a little bit? Ugh. He's like, he's like, your inner man, like scream, freak people out, throw feces around. Ah, that's just like, that's the guy you went to. Yeah, out of all people, that's I mean, weird. this movie, like, if you like really whittled this movie down, like an IMDb. Like the tagline would literally just say like, or the log line would just say, dude shows awkward man how to be a dude. Yeah. And girl supportive, then not supportive, then supportive. (laughs) (laughs) Brett. But don't you think it's like, if it's not full blown, and Brett, you hate this, toxic masculinity. It certainly flirts with that. And that's why I bring up Andrew Tate. It's like, you're you're allowed to kind of like push people around and get in their space and fuck with people because you're a man and that's just what you got to do sometimes and i think i think that's kind of bullshit but makes for a funny scene like when paul rudd really screams and it's just like showing his face and he feels like so vulnerable like that's pretty funny that's good filmmaking Also, but I mean... A little toxic, right, guys? A little bit? I would be pretty pissed if I was, like, on the phone at work and my best friend came in screaming while I was trying to, like, on a pretty serious call. Pap. What was that? I'm a man, Peter. I've got an ocean of testosterone flowing through my veins. Society tells us to act civilized, but the truth is we're animals, and sometimes you got to let it out. Try it. I'm not going to start screaming in the middle of the Venice boardwalk. Come on, me. This is silly. Indulge me. Ah! That was that was really good. Now gently remove your tampon and try again. Ah! Ah! Respect the process. Ah! Why do you want to mock the process? Because it doesn't do anything. If you don't yell, I'm gonna punch you in your stomach. Good man, that's terrifying. 
scared my dog. Stevie, what if you were uh, pushing the kids around like the pier and some bros underneath it are screaming at the top of their fucking lungs like 12 feet below you just scaring the crap out of your kids i would just and then you i would look at them and say i would look at them and say don't do drugs honey in their poop and then you step in their poop or their their dog's poop poop or something (laughs) Uh, who knows he throws his poop around he says it's not their poop it's president sadat's poop (laughs) or sadat's the poop that took a pee you know, I would, sorry, I know we're talking a lot about Sydney, but like, Steve, you ever heard of like the character, the manic pixie dream girl character? No, please go on. I don't know. It's like, Brett, do you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Natalie Portman. Like, isn't Meg Ryan like the epitome of that, like in the 80s, or is yeah. she not pixie enough? You know. Natalie Portman in like uh, Garden State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley MacLaine in the apartment, but someone yeah, who's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just such Amelie. a free spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Th- this person is just like, and it's almost like, I don't know. Like yeah. How, yeah. The platonic male relationship version of that. Manic pixie dream girl. If Jason Siegel's not, you know, I mean, he's a giant, manic giant dream friend. This movie does kind of have like a meet cute though, so it does make sense. Mm-hmm. You're right. Jason Siegel is just kind of a, giant version of that could you call this a screwball comedy pap dude i can't believe this isn't a judd apatow movie that still blows my mind i found that out today i had always like in my head filed it under a judd apatow movie like the comedy feels like that very judd apatowish like a lot of the jokes like we talked about are awkwardness and like some of them mm-hmm. i still think are funny some of them i don't yeah i, I kind of with you brett like i don't know if the slap of boss makes me laugh <laughs> as much yeah, as it did or, back in the day. Yeah. But it just feels like if they're just like setting up a camera and riffing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what this is, which is, it feels like a Judd Apatow movie. So I looked up Manic Pixie Dream Girl and on Wikipedia, they give nine examples and only one of the ones we said is on there. And that, Josh, is Natalie Portman from Garden State. Nice job. <laughs> Let's go. Very, very nice. <laughs> Do I win trivia? Yes. You no, won, par- Josh. Apparently that was in that was coined in only in 2005 to describe Kirsten Dunst's character in Elizabeth Town. Would uh, the girl from um, God, that movie Elizabeth Mary Winstead would she be it for like Scott Pilgrim Against the World? Isn't she more of a tough girl? I've never seen that movie. I, it's like on my list. Oh, you'd love it. I think she would be like. Um, would New Girl like be it? Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. see that. It's Jess. It's just, it's, it's a stock, stock character, exists solely in the fevered imaginations of censor. Oh, no, that's not a very good example. Pat, bring it all the way back to your point, yeah, though. Sorry. This movie makes Jason Seagal look cool for letting his dog shit around town. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's weird. But, like, he gets called on an event. I mean, like, I mean, I'm saying the stuff he does to random people. That stuff comes back to him when he tries to do the same crap to Lou Ferrigno. I'm just saying, he like, I feel like he learns. He says that stupid crap about returning the favor. But like, by the end of the movie, he realizes how freaking stupid and embarrassing and uncalled for that was. Like, I think he works on himself a little bit. And I think uh, Peter helps him a little bit. I mean, again, I'm with you. He doesn't change that much. But that speech, he's like vindicated because like. Peter's getting the BJ's by the end. Let's go. Plus, she talks about <laughs> she talks about him. 
that's like the whole that's that's my home improvement argument. I freaking hate Jill Taylor. What do you mean? She's the biggest hypocrite. I'm saying she talks about their sex life with her friends, but she gets like really mad at Peter for having for bringing that up. And that's a double standard. Also, why is Peter so weirded out by that? I mean, yeah, you'd think he could wear it as a like a uh, like an award, like a what something of honor. What I'm thinking of badge of honor. But is that what you're talking about? Like, why is he weird about that? Yeah, like, why is he so, like, funky about, like, her friends bringing, like, stuff up like that? I don't get that. I, so, I, uh, our best best friend, Drew, just literally cannot talk about anything remotely like that. It's so weird. Some people are like that. It's, they're super private. That's the weird thing. I feel like the movie is, like, advocating for that. Because, like, later when they're in the car, he's like, well, that's how it feels when you do it to me. And she's like, okay, I won't do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that's where they kind of land with it without like, they don't want to do that anymore in their relationship. But I was going to ask you guys, you're three married fellows. Mm-hmm. Let's say you had a best friend and let's say your wife, who's Quincy Jones's daughter, tells you <laughs> that you, she doesn't like that best friend. You know what I mean? Or like, you know what I mean? The same situation <laughs> as this movie. Or she thinks that the best friend doesn't like her. You know what I mean? And she says, mm-hmm. don't tell him. Would you tell your best friend that, like Paul Rudd no, does? No, God, not if I. Or not. So, say, can you use like actual like? So it's the same example from this movie. Rashida Jones tells Peter, "I don't think that Sydney likes me," and and she's like, "Oh, I'll just talk to Sydney." And she's like, "Do not tell Sydney that." And then Peter turns around and tells Sydney that like right away. <laughs> like I would scene, well, basically. if he in doesn't the context tell her, of this movie, Sydney is like can read him so well. Yep. He, it's like he can't hide it from Sydney. Sydney's than- a body language expert. He's insane. He can spot a guy <laughs> farting from across the way. <laughs> Dude, he could be in sight. This is, by the way, this is an inside joke. Josh bring, likes to bring up Psych. I like the show Psych. I recommended it to Josh once. He watched almost all of it. He liked it, yet he makes fun of me for it. <laughs> It's not really made fun. It's, you, it's, it's, it actually makes me laugh. It's just like nice ribbing. I love to rib Brett for Psych and Buffy, both pretty equally. <laughs> so if that ever pops up, but I liked like I I liked Angel and I watched Angel a lot more than Buffy. So why can't it be Angel? It's at least a little cooler. Doesn't sound as funny. <laughs> can you? They're, they're not comedies. Can you say it like the people in Hot Fuzz? What? Angel. Oh, Angle. Angel. Oh, Angle. <laughs> I, I love that movie. That weren't me. No, Pat, but like, to answer your question, though, like, say my wife was ever just like, I don't like Pappy, but don't tell him. Mm. I would probably put it in your fucking ear and be like, dude, fix this. Yeah. Like, Yeah, but Pappy would have seven shots of Jack and be like, Stevie told me you don't like me. So like <laughs> you're you're asking for trouble if you can't trust that friend. Oh, I can trust Pat, but I I probably tell you right away, I'd be like, dude, that's my wife, you're my best friend, fix this. Mm. I'm not talking about Pap, I'm talking about Pap Daniels. Pap Daniels. <laughs> Brett, are you a trustable friend? Yes. Huh. Tell me something between just just us four right now. I won't tell anybody. Uh that whole th- that whole situation with this weekend oof 
got it good. Oh yeah, but I didn't feel I didn't feel bad about it because he's freaking lying. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck? I'll, t- I'll tell you about it later, Josh. I, I <laughs> no, I I know the whole th- thing. No, he he was lying, so I don't feel that bad about it. All right. Now you can't tell anybody, Brett. Should I tell the story, or so, does anybody care? No, tell it. Yeah. All right. I won't. I won't use names. Can you go back and delete that? Mm. Okay. So I went home. Editor's choice. <laughs> That's fine. He doesn't listen to the pod anyway. Josh, best friend Drew, and another friend. We all went out for this person's birthday, and I got to his house, and this person, let's just call him Mick. Uh, Jim. <laughs> Jim McMasters. <laughs> he went. He was. He was on the road picking up Josh. So I was hanging there out with his wife, and we were, got to talking about. Uh, she. We were talking about smoking cigarettes or whatever, and I. We were talking about how we we don't smoke anymore, and I said, "Do you vape like Mick does?" And she said, "Mick vapes." Oh no! Oh boy! I, I said what? I said I didn't say that. She said, "Brett, <laughs> does Mick vape?" I said. No, I, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, just tell me. I just, I can't believe. I never would have thought he'd keep something from me. So. Oh, Bubba. Right. I know. So then he got. Got a little, got a little serious, to be honest. So then he got home and she disappeared. And I said, uh, Mick. <laughs> Please. So, hey, actually edit that out. Cause that'll be funny sounding. Anyway. We'll believe I it. said, I got you in trouble. I got you in trouble, man. Oh, man. He's like, what? I said, I told him the story. He's like, oh, Brett. Turns out his wife, we didn't know where she was because she literally, right when he got home, he, she went out to his car and searched his car for oh, a vape. Bobbies. So it was kind of like a joke later on. But then after it was all done and she went to take Josh home, Drew's like, hey, man, do you have that? He's like, got it. I was like, I he freaking time. He told me that was literally the time, and he told her it was the. So Bro, I don't, I don't feel bad about it. Edit this out again. Oh. You just busted him out again. <laughs> what the well, edit that part out, all right? <laughs> but I'm that's so bullcrap. I feel vindicated, is what I'm saying. He may seem like it was. <sighs> Delete this out, by the way. Please. It's fucking classic, actually. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty amazing. It's gonna be hard to edit this one out, Brett. But I'm saying I felt I felt kind of bad about it, but then like when I found that he was lying about it, I was like, "Oh, f you, dude." Well, that's not on you. Yeah. If he had told you not to tell his wife, you would have not told her. Oh yeah, dude. I I didn't know. I mean, like we've all smoked cigarettes for I've smoked three thousand cigarettes with him and his wife, so I just assumed if they had both quit smoking together, they were both vaping together. So. You can't hide a cigarette from your... Isn't there a lesson in this movie about you don't need to tell your wife, like, everything? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's weird. If you're skipping work for a little bit, if you want to... mama don't know, don't hurt her. (laughs) (laughs) What's the weird part, Pap? The fact that he hides stuff or the fact that, like, he doesn't hide anything? I don't get... But what's the big deal about skipping work? Like, that's a weird thing to hide. Or, like, why would he hide that? My impulse wouldn't be to, like, I wasn't busy, so I was just dicking around. You know, like, he's got to keep that from his wife. I'm not saying tell everything, but. Yeah. Well, it could have played into the movie a little bit better. Like, later when he isn't sure about, like, their money situation. 
you know how that kind of happens briefly in the third act. Um, things are kind of falling apart. I think it would have been a good callback if she would have mentioned like maybe if you weren't playing hooky all the time. Ooh, you would have sold the Ferrigno estate. Yeah, if you would have sold the estate, if you would have like been putting more time into marketing instead of like sitting on the masturbation chairs with <laughs> Sydney. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not like his man cave it's kind of fun he's got the like albums it. he's got a picture of the snake smoking a cigarette he's got the drum set anwar sadat do we ever see the main house no no isn't that weird what's the secret something's going on dude there's like bodies in the main house women's heads Stevie question, what does he do for a living? Sydney? Yeah. Well, in my youth, I always thought he sold billboards. Um, I thought he was a VC. Like a venture capitalist, but I have no idea. Have you guys ever met people that are like in like upper management, but not like the highest realm, but also like above middle management? And you have no idea what they do, and they make a lot of money. I know what they do. They t- they tell me what they do. They're literally in meetings all day. I just talked to someone yesterday. Yes, you know the people that make a career out about meetings. Yeah, and they don't like it. But I, I literally talked to a big boss yesterday. He's like, I literally all I do all day long is I sit in meetings. Yeah, there's like there's people that make careers out of meetings. Yeah, that's all they do. All day is try to find solutions to things that'll never get solved, but they're in meetings <laughs> about it. Um. That's funny that you put it that way. Like, there are some people that make a good living that way. I, I feel like Sydney's one of those people. It says on Wikipedia he's an investor, but I mean, like, yeah, I don't he know. He says he's an investor. Yeah. It's pretty gray on what he invests in, but he did say he invested in Peter's business, but he's not going to get any money back, right? He would know. be a crypto uh, guy if this was set. Dude, he would be. Yeah. He'd be like one of the founding Bitcoin people that sold late, like bought early, sold late. He lost his house and he's living in Sydney's basement. I mean, Peter's basement. Slap in the base. Slap in the basement. Slap in the base. I mean, maybe Sydney is one of those people that just like is maybe like supposed to be like one of those crazy uncles for the rest of his life. Who knows? But I, I mean, think it's supposed to be his like his body language reading powers make it so he can just read people and figure out how to make money easily. And so he spends 99.9% of his life not worrying about it. Like Nick Cage and Family Man. Sure. God, that movie's sad. <laughs> it's a great movie, but he he knows people, Brett. But do you guys think that maybe Sydney is a trust fund baby? Mm, yes. <laughs> where, do you think so, Pat? Where do you get all this capital he's investing to begin with? Yeah, where's he, where's he getting all this capital to begin with? He knows people. He that knows people. Nice drum set. He knows how to read people. I mean, six-foot subs, six-foot subs aren't cheap. Let the good times roll. Let the good times 
he does things that like a bored trust fund baby would do like yell at people in the street and let his dog shit on the road for fun (laughs) to me it seems like he was raised his parents died and he was raised by an uncle that's what it seems like to me that'd be a good Hmm. backstory i mean he does kind of scream trust fund baby though, like, you know, yeah, calling for tacos, like during like work hours, you know, just in a random part of the day because he has nothing else to do. His money's in the market, man. Yeah, he's tied up in equities. Dude, what is that whole thing is kind of contrived, right? Because like they, the movie just needs a reason for them to get in a fight and it's that he lends him money, but like. Why would he not have $8,000? You know what I mean? Like this guy who's just hanging around all day, this venture capitalist doesn't have $8,000 cash or can't. That was a little strange, wasn't it? He's not very liquid. He writes him a check, I guess. Dude, you could borrow against your liquidity pretty easy for $8,000. I know, but but I think the whole point is he wants Peter to come out of his shit. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. He wants him to believe in himself. Because the $8,000 was... Literally just like I don't even put this. Um eight thousand is like twelve hundred dollars here. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean you're not too far off, Brett, but like if that was something like his wedding gift or whatever, like why not just Yeah, that's I true. Don't know, that's true. Just pay for it yourself and like not even ask for the money. But I think that the movie needed a reason for yeah Rashida Jones and you know, Peter to get in a fight. Yeah. I will say it does line up with the spontaneity of Sydney's character. And I think maybe initially his plan was like, this is my way of showing Peter that this kind of investment in his own marketing is worth it. Like he was thinking Peter could blow up and this $8,000 would seem small. And Peter would be like, I owe you for like showing me this. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And that kind of ended up being true. Like <laughs> he sells the Hulk's house pretty quickly after these these go up, and he finds his balls with his coworker soon after this too. Within the context of the movie, Sydney, most of the things he does that seem like asshole moves at first end up working out. Would either of you guys lend your friends eight thousand dollars? Your best friend eight thousand dollars? If I had it. Um, if you had exactly 8,000 liquid, which friend, <laughs> M- Mick. <laughs> Mac. Uh, if it was, if it was Mick, I would lend Mick money for an investment opportunity that they can, cons- an investment opportunity that they say they like, can't tell you anything about that's shady as hell. Uh, I don't think I would do that. Like, first of all, let's be, I don't have $8,000 in my bank account. Sorry. I don't. So. No. The spoilers doesn't. Spoilers reserve certainly doesn't. Spoilers doesn't hey, know. We get more pay- patrons, and maybe I can get eight thousand in my bank account. <laughs> Come on, patrons! I would say, Pappy, what about you? I would say, well, a friend who I had just met as recently as Peter had met Sydney. No, uh, any of you guys? Probably, yeah, I think so. I think definitely. If you could make everybody poor, just so you could be rich. 
Pap has offered to lend me money before, and I've been a little low. I think $8,000, I mean, like, listen, $8,000 is a shit ton of money, and, like... It's a fuck ton of money. Yeah, this is back then. You know, this is in 2009 money. Oh, yeah, it's bad. But, I, yeah, I don't know. The thing is, is, like, I feel like that's just a weird position for Sydney to put Peter in, more than anything. That's the thing. But, again, I feel like he's just trying to get him out of his comfort zone. I don't know. He's trying to work on him. Or, who knows? Also, 2009, he's a real estate agent? Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect time, right? Yeah, God. Can we talk about Robbie? I love Andy Sandberg probably more than I should. And I love him to death. I think him and J.K. Simmons are... I know you do. I, just, I think he's really funny. And... I think the best, I, I feel like the best line in the movie is, what does it say, and, and Robbie here, and my best friend, Hank Mardukas, and then there's Robbie, so freaking funny. This is ridiculous, why is it weird that I had girlfriends? Nothing, we're just saying you never really had a best friend is all. Well, who's your best friend? I have two. Hank Mardukas has been my closest friend since our first year at IBM. Best yeah. man at our wedding. Yeah, he was. Yeah, talked to him two, three times a week on the phone for 30 years now. And then there's Robbie. What's up? Hold on. Robbie is your other best friend? Correct. And Hank Mardukas. My wife gave me such a hard stare. We were watching this movie, and J.K. Simmons is like, "Well, Robbie's my best friend, and Hank Mardukas called him two to two, uh, two to three times a week. Every you know, every week for the past thirty years." And she looked right at me because, like, Drew and I call each other. What do you say, Pap? At least like five times a week. Oh yeah. Who's Who's Drew? I was going to say to you earlier oh. about not like Pappy act like you don't talk to anybody anymore. I'm like, yeah, don't you guy you're calling talk him. to Stevie every yeah. day? <laughs> <laughs> this is true guy you're calling him you yeah, have to exactly. call Drew and Pappy every day I don't get it <laughs> No, because I yeah, promise you best sick. friend Drew is not someone who will talk on the phone with you I would say that's another thing that's a little it. bit weird like at no point does Peter turn to his brother to like become a best man you know what I mean? That is odd. Like that's never even a consideration. Yes, he does. I mean, he like, says when, they don't. They barely know each other. Maybe that's no, what the but could be about you didn't know your brother. I mean, Josh, was your younger brother one of your best men? Hmm. One of my best men. Groomsmen. Yeah. Yeah, he's a groomsman. Oh, I you think. didn't make him a. You didn't make him a, a best a co best man with other brother. That's Drew Rockland, bro. <laughs> best best friend Drew. Come on. Obviously, was my best man, and then my brothers were like right up there, but like Jordan was in college, and Jared was like probably like in junior high. When we got married. <laughs> it, they were fine with it, and you know what? They were each other's best men, so all worked out. That's cool. I didn't know. Were that. you were, were you one of the best men for their weddings? There's no one of best men. What weddings have you gone into <laughs> where there's all these co-fucking best men? 
I've been to at least four weddings where there's two brothers that are like co-best men with their one brother. But one's the two brothers. One's the yeah. real best man, though, right? Like we all know. Wait, Jared. Jared hasn't been married, so how could they be best men? Well, each other? I'm sure they will be. They will. They will be. If Jared does get married, that is. I mean, no judgment if he does or not. I hope PK doesn't ask for a refund because we've spent. Nah, we talk about the movie a lot. He loves it. I mean, we can talk about the movie and go in tangents. Like, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. This is spoilers. I mean, very mm-hmm. rarely on episodes that I host, we'll be talking about the movie the entire time. I like that, too. Yes. So, if you, I guess I could say this. Have you guys ever had to, like, break up with a friend before? I mean, I've had a falling out with someone for a few weeks and then became friends with them again. I feel like it's a dick move by Peter to ask for the lost yes. DVDs back. Like, dude, come dude, on, chill. A little come bit. on, that's petty as shit. Like, you obviously didn't feel comfortable about doing it in the beginning. Then you're really going to ask for him back when you guys like have a falling out. Like, that's petty. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Petty. She really wants to know what happens in that hatch. <laughs> 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 They took me back, man. That was a great line. I don't think I've ever broken up with a friend, I guess, if you want to say. Other than work, I mean, work friends. If I leave the company, it's just not going to work, man. Really? You don't talk with, like, other work friends anymore? Very, very rarely. I Like, I really try. It's just something that... I was a groomsman in a guy's wedding. Haven't seen or spoken to him since. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, he was very... He, no, he was... Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't bring this up. He, like, didn't have, like, any friends. That's sad. So, it was like... That's why I was a groomsman, and two of his other work people were groomsmen. The guy he asked to be his best man dropped out, like, two weeks before the wedding because he didn't have any money. So, it's like... When uh, I was in fifth yeah. grade, me and best friend Drew were having a little bit of a falling out, and I was friends with this uh, other kid for a while. Let's say his name's, like, Jimmy. <laughs> And Jimmy's mom, like, worked in the schools. And, like, at some point, Jimmy told his mom on me for something, like, cussing or saying something mean or something like that. Which buddies. Spitting? No, like, cursing or saying something mean. When I, like, I was, like, definitely, like, pure of heart, never trying to be, like, mean to anybody. Yeah, like right. That. Of it course. Like, so taken. Yeah. true. No. Burning a tent like, to go Okay, around. fair enough. I, I could see <laughs> what you guys... you beat up on the bus. Yeah, or the tent you burned. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably beat him up. You guys earned this. <laughs> we know you too well, Josh. <laughs> anyway, all I'm going to say is that, like, so he told on me, and then I, I had to... I really felt like I can't be friends with this person anymore. And I didn't break up with him, but it was definitely, like, my first remembrance of, like, a turning point where it's, like... Snitches kind of, get stitches. It was Caleb. It was Caleb again, wasn't it? Absolutely not. Caleb's still a homeboy to this day. <laughs> Even though you beat him up. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Move on. <laughs> Editor's cut. <laughs> I really want to go back to where Brett goes, that guy didn't have any friends. Josh, can you just edit the point where it goes, that was spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> just in case he's listening, the episode can end there. He's not. Oh my God. 
um, Peter, like, eventually, like, I feel really, I'll say this. As much as, like, I'll make, I'll make fun of Peter in this movie, I feel really bad for him when Rashida Jones, uh, Quincy Jones's daughter, just, like, goes after him for, like, finding a friend and, like, enjoying stuff to do with that friend. Yeah, she's a hypocrite. And, like, and the idea that, like, Peter is seeing, like, his dream band with his yeah. best friend. So annoying. That, like, knows, that, like, knows the lyrics to everything. And she gets mad that, like, he doesn't share that with her. I find oh, that to be God. so mean. Guys. And it's 2009. No. DVRs are a thing. You can take Sunday night HBO and watch it later. But, no, Stevie's right. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead, Josh. They are acting so weird in the audience. They're doing like lesbian finger licks for some. Dude, they're like I don't know what else rushed. to call it. Dude, whatever they're, they're jamming do. out, man. It's, it's fucking rush. Getty Lee, son of life, son. <laughs> Josh, have you ever got to see your favorite band? You didn't go rock out. I I don't think I've ever done anything like that. What I saw, I have, and Lauren didn't bat an eye, and she enjoyed it with me, even though she didn't know like half the lyrics. I did. Same. And okay. it was a really Give. long concert. And she said, I had really, I had oh. fun. I know how bad you want yeah. to see him. So, Give Quincy Jones' daughter, Rashida Jones, Zoe in this movie. Give her a break. She brings this all up to Peter. She kind of ribs him about it. And she like even rips on him for talking about their sex life with their friend. And when he points out the hypocrisy, and she also like sees the truth in what he's saying right away. And I really like that in this movie that like yeah that didn't be that didn't become a sticking point for like a whole act of a movie before it was resolved. It was like a real feeling conversation where people could kind of change their minds or something. That's cool. But that doesn't change the fact that Stevie's right. She wanted him to do this. Dude, seeing a dream band and like yucking on someone's yum like for enjoying it, even how weird it could be. He's not hurting anybody, and he's enjoying Dude, himself. Did you see how he dropped her hand? Oh no, he dropped her hand. <laughs> he had a bass solo. He had a bass oh, solo coming. Dude, up. they were bass soloing. Like you dropped my hand. He knew her all too well. <laughs> Stevie, do the impression of the drums. Neil <laughs> Pert, back from the grave. She's, I mean, she's petty for that, but like when she asks him why he wants to marry her, and he's like, "I don't know." Like he does botch that conversation. That's dude. He really fumbles that one. Which one? Which one? Towards the end, when he doesn't know why he wants to marry her, like that seems like kind of a big deal. Oh God, she's right to walk out after that. Like, yeah, it's bad. And I mean, I'm watching the scene right now where they're rocking out, like. I guess I'm being a little unfair because like what Peter's doing is like kind of like doing the solo to Zoe and then he's like turning back to Peter and then like doing their things and eventually he just like starts ignoring Zoe and I think like that's where she gets put off is he just like completely ignores her but still she should be understandable that like this is Rush man and he like worships Rush like let him just have this like if you're gonna bring a friend that can't golf at all and ruins the entire afternoon. Like, at least give him this, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about Rush, Stevie, there's a scene that precedes 
the concert that I love, Peter finds out that Zoe has never heard of Rush before. <laughs> and he go- he goes to play it on his computer. He's so pumped to share this like media that he's loved for his whole life. <laughs> he cues it up. He makes sure that she's ready to hear it. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Yes. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! You want to get some Neil Pert all up in you? I don't know. Well, prepare to be Russified! <laughs> Sounds better on big speakers. I could see that. Good, right? Yeah! And it's like the thinnest, shittiest computer yeah. audio. <laughs> and there's like no bass to it. Yeah. And he's he's nodding his head and she's like kind of squinting to listen. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah, my dad's Quincy Jones. I don't listen to his kind of music. Side note, one of my coworkers I just found out just heard Stairway to Heaven for the first time. She's like 27 or 28. Impossible. Oh, geez, really? What'd she think? She liked it. She had heard of heard of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. It's too weird. Play it backwards. Or listen to it on Wayne's World. Which is funny because he doesn't play Stairway to Heaven. But No, that's like one of my favorite parts. There's no like, Stairway. You know, no denied. Stairway. Denied. But it's not God, even Stairway. It cracks me up every time. Hey, that's because they didn't get the rights for that by the way. I know. It was a big sticking point. It costs like, don't they charge like $17 million per song? They did. They used to charge like, Springsteen I think is still the guy who charges the most Really? out of any artist still. Oh yeah. I think yeah. Uh, but no. Um, yeah. In theat- I, I'm pretty sure in the theatrical run of Wayne's World you would have heard the first chord and a half really? of Stairway what? to Heaven. Really? Yes. That's cool. But, and weird. but from then on, it was like zipped really? shut. And you can't. Did they get sued? Can't find that anymore. Well, they had to have because Robert Plant was charging ass nine amounts. Yeah, he was a bad one. He was he a was bad a one. really bad one for this. And I think like, like Springsteen pretty much overtook everybody for how much he charges per song. That's so weird. It doesn't seem like him at all. Well, his concert tickets are the most expensive too, right? Well, he puts on four-hour shows. Ungodly expensive. Yeah, Springsteen Springsteen charges a fortune. But what were we even talking about before this? I asked if you liked the soundtrack to this movie. Oh, the soundtrack. Yeah, it's Um, it's very indie of late 2000s. Very... Very, like, Spoony. Very, uh, like, Vampire Weekend-y. I love Vampire Weekend. Like, does that, those bands kind of track with this movie? Mm-hmm. Let's see, Vampire Weekend, Rush, Black Keys, Back, Rush, The Cars, Vampire Weekend. Like Black Keys. I do like Black Keys. I've seen them live. Matt Costa, The Donnas, so. Yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of, it seems like it's kind of a uh, 90s. Kind of like a late 2000s, like indies. Like. Well, yeah, no, that that's definitely yeah. part of it. I feel like there's also some maybe, uh, like, 90s ska or something. I don't know. The so- yeah, what, what, was that band called that, what was that band called that's playing when he's going to get tacos? Is like Bone Daddies or something? Water the Bone Daddies. Slide. That's what it is, the Bone Daddies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean, I think 
that cast the, about? Here's what I'll say. I think the soundtrack works really well for its location, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it takes me back. Yeah, I, I feel like playing this soundtrack in like northern Indiana wouldn't make any sense. But like for Southern California, I think it works really well for its environment. Hold your um, tongue. The car the cars would work. I was waiting for you to say something about the cars. Big cars guy, J- Josh. I'll die on the cars hill. What about Incubus? They're both dead. Don't get him started on Incubus. He's wrong. <laughs> wrong about Incubus. What do you mean? Let's move on. I don't feel like getting angry tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think the soundtrack does work well. Part of me wishes that I understand it's kind of like a. But I say this. Do you guys think this is kind of like a box store comedy? If that makes sense. Box store. Yeah. Explain. What does that mean? Like box store is like kind of what you'd say for like. Kind of just like off the rack stuff you can pick up anywhere. Like, let's say like I was like going to get something for like my house. I could like go to like Lowe's, Home Depot, and Menards. It's all the same thing. But if I wanted to find like something truly special, go to home I could like, I don't know, it doesn't exist anymore, but I would have to like, like go to like a smaller company. You know what I mean? Kind of like a custom company, like find that. Nice, you put home and out of business. Nice, Steven. I tried, man, I tried. Good job. But, right? But part of me does wish, I understand this is like a by the numbers comedy, but one thing that I think gives Forgetting Sarah Marshall like a super leg up on this movie is the Dracula music. Oh yeah. Like there's original songs in that. And that is like, it's not the biggest part of the movie, but it's like a real big like cherry on top that like this movie has like that. And part of me does wish that this had like original songs or at least like original score to it. Kind of shows how brilliant Jason Siegel is, so. Mm-hmm. Not in love with me. Like yeah. I know, I know like we could rip on him for sex tape, but like he wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall, he wrote the music. I mean he literally wrote a Dracula musical. Like he's just really, really smart mm-hmm. and talented. Do you guys get annoyed at all about how much crossover between the characters there it there is though? What do you mean? Explain. Uh, like this movie just needs Seth Rogen in it. And- <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? Or similarities. I guess. I Or like the similarities think, between like Sydney and Peter. I think Jason, uh, his character is just like, uh, you just feel that he's kind of the same guy. It feels like a sequel. It feels like he's a continuation of his role from other movies. I really some point, think that? I don't think he's mm. even remotely the same in either of these two movies. No, he's, dude, he's like, I mean, he's not a bad actor in this, but he's like a really good actor in Freeding Sarah Marshall. He's depressed. Yeah. yeah there's like, like he's a depressed out of sorts man in paradise. I think he's a, I think he's depressed, rich, white, does something weird for a lot of money and is <laughs> mu- and is musically talented um and scores women above his pay grade he's super uh, tall and a lot of the stuff <laughs> I'm, I'm just listening the similarities that i see we've Maybe seen they his end dong there, there's but. his pay grade is fine he's doing appropriate 
He's put it I out. Mean, when you said tall, you were talking about his dong is yes. tall. No. Yeah. That's I mean, a weird way to just. Okay. He definitely like broke up with him and he was naked, man. Like. Yeah. He needs to be his L on some T's. <laughs> That's from the movie. Everybody. It, but it could. Like someone said, it could literally be the same character, but this is the left turn he took after Sarah Marshall. Like he's done with women. So he just does these one night stands and has a masturbation room. I think the weird thing, I just think it's because it's Paul Rudd and him again that like, yeah, I think it's literally just like their juxtaposition. You, know what you I mean? sound like you're from London. Sorry, I didn't get to be on that pod. It's all coming back to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of famous people in this movie. Like a Matt lot, Walsh. A lot of famous. Yeah, Matt Walsh is in this. Yeah, if you like go down the IMDb, there's like a ton of people like I mean rate of play rate of play rate of play Catherine. that's a real thing man that is such a real thing definitely Jay Sanders Seacar is in this movie uh, Super Troopers fame Catherine Reitman oh yeah you mean the original editor from uh, Los Enchiladas oh god I think that was like his first break into show business was he was the editor for Los Enchiladas really oh my god. yeah he edited that movie you know the old guy who has like a younger picture on his online friend profile is that murray yeah, Mel, yeah, yeah. Mel Stein? he started yeah. acting when he was 79 i thought that was huh. pretty cool he's dead good for him or I mean, he's like he's the, the guy uh... from he's from up right god <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's in the hangover yeah <laughs> i mean alan rickman was that way i think uh well Did he started samuel... acting in his 40s samuel jackson's definitely like that yeah. Uh, he started much later. I, I don't know if Rick, Rickman did a lot of theater and stuff. He didn't get his first. I mean, his literally his first feature film was Die Hard, which is incredible. Pap, can you do your ho 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 for the audience? My ho ho ho. Ho. You. D- ho ho ho. <laughs> ho ho ho. Rest in peace. Last movie was. The sequel to Alice in Wonderland. God, uh, it's so sad. It makes me sad. So God, he's are. like the one I miss them. And I hate the fact that they're freaking releasing his diaries. Freaking family trying to leech his money off of him. Gonna make him look bad. Sorry. Stupid Joe stupid Joe knows. No, it's his fa- I think it's his family. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I know. I listened uh, to a <laughs> True crime where the journos did something terrible, so F them. We can't really say journos. You said it. It's too weird. Journalist, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Journos and Yanks. Okay, let's get back on the movie. So, sorry. Peter is like starting to like better himself after the billboards come up, and not better himself, but his life is starting to get better. Kind of like without Sydney being there. And that always made me sad. And I don't know if you guys have been to weddings where you just see a motley crew of like, what the hell? But I've been to a couple and I really like that part of the movie where it's like just like Lou Ferrigno and Mel and um, was... Uh, Joe Trudeau. Uh, was, Bo- was Boyle one of them? Yeah, yep, Trudeau. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Was Thomas Lennon one of them? Doug? I, I believe they all were, yes. Yeah, so I, I do like the Motley crew of it. He and made me laugh the most, Doug, for some reason. More than the Hulk, more than the squeaky dude. What? It was like, give me your eka! Give me your eka! The guy that kissed him on the date. <laughs> yeah, That's Thomas Doug, Lennon's right? amazing in everything. Yeah, it's Doug. Yeah, but it's yeah, Thomas I do Lennon love Lonnie, stuff. though. I love Joe Latrulio, so he's really funny. That character is so great because it goes. He's hardly in it, but he goes through a full arc by the end of it, for sure. 110%. <laughs> like, he thinks that he's on a gay date, and then he gets devastated that he doesn't call him, and then he ends up hooking up with his You think brother? that's the last time you're going to see him, right? Yeah. And then he, like... Then he just comes he- out. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's cool enough with him to be one of his, like, groomsmen, not bestmen. Stevie, because there's only one best man, but Dude, he's one of the groomsmen. I've seen best, best man, all right? Best I've seen man. best men. <laughs> You're obsessed with it. Like, oh, everyone should have best men. No, I'm not saying, I'm saying like when there's three brothers, usually there's like two best men, but I get it because of the age differences. I get it. All right. Larry Wilmore is the officiant, by the way. Is he? That's funny to me. Yeah. Was he still on, um, what was he Daily doing at show? this time? Yeah, was he still on Daily Show during this time? I think so, yeah. Daily Show, he had his own show though, didn't he? Maybe, I don't know. One thing, like, I do like that, like, Zoe, kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say that she redeems herself, but she can kind of see it, is when she calls Sydney to, like, get to the wedding, and he's already driving there. Yeah, that's funny. I do like that. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's just, it's not even just, like, good comedy, it's just good writing. I, I, I like love, that. I love the way Sydney walks up the aisle. <laughs> like when he's walking up, he like takes this like all ceremoniously, one step at a time. <laughs> and he has to stop like Lou Ferrigno from fighting him. I love that part too. I would critique this a little bit, Stevie, mm-hmm. because I think there, there's two jokes here at the end that really stick out. There's the one at the very end where they're saying, I love you, man, back and forth. And that's one of the long, awkward parts that we've been pointing out. It's so crazy that they're doing this right in the middle of the aisle in front of everyone, and it goes on for so long. It follows movie law, though. You have to say the name of the movie in the movie. Roll credits. I'm really glad you're here, Sydney. Me too. I can't even imagine getting married without you. I love you, man. I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Brosef Goebbels. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's uh, continue here. I so want to marry you. <laughs> you will. I'm going to. <laughs> Zoe, repeat after me. I, Zoe Rice. I, Zoe Rice. Take you, Peter Claver. That's such a harsh scene for me. I wish they would have taken a little bit away from that and added it to this joke with him being on the freeway on the Vespa. I think think the reveal could have been just a little bit more like drawn out and Mm -hmm. could have spent a little bit more time there. I felt like they're rushing that a little bit. That was really good stuff. Do you think this would have been a better movie if he's driving to get there and he gets hit by a car? And they all leave the ceremony. Whoa. And they go to the hospital. He's like, get married, man. He's like, 
I'm not going to get married without my best man. <laughs> no, I don't think it would be a better Disney, movie. Disney, Fox, give me a call. I got that's, the movie. Uh, that's what they did for uh, the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> yeah. Get the real virgin? He, yeah, when he flies out of the truck and he finally tells her he's a virgin. I will say to Brett's point, though, there may have been a little bit of a hint in the movie that something like that could have happened. I and, and it goes back to the Jason Seagal secret that I feel like there is. I love is. how you call him Seagal. I, please don't ever stop that. I can't help it. I'm sorry I that I do that, so listener. Much. Flock of Seagals. Flock of Seagals. Jason Seagal, son of Steve. <laughs> he has, there's something dark there that I think was just erased from the script or something. I, I need it explored. I need someone to point out some fan fiction where it's like. I told you, I think his parents died and he was raised by an uncle who was a bit of a, a ladies man. That's really good. I really do like that, Brett. But I I think there's something like yeah, current as be. well, you know. Maybe his heart's broken. Or he went hiking with his Maybe girlfriend. he was just recently divorced. And cliffhanger, he couldn't hold on to her. And she fell. But I, I mean, just planting and payoff. Like he's he's driving this rickety, like he's got a bumper car and he's driving this rickety Vespa around. I think if he did die at the end, I don't think it would have been completely like unforeseen like that could have his last words are i love you man he's like i love you man too the sequel the sequel (laughs) sorry i keep derailing it Josh, do you know anybody that's gone through like midlife crisis behavior? Because I think that's like an arc this movie could have done, but like didn't. Like forty-year-old virgin, sort of. No, like midlife crisis. Like people that just go to open houses to like hook up with women or like eat. I don't know. City just seems kind of like close to midlife crisis mode if that makes sense i kind of went through a midlife crisis in my late 20s early 30s i started the whole internet dating thing after like waffling through life for like since i left college the first time if we're getting real it worked out it worked out right it did but i just find it weird that like jason siegel doesn't either like move on from that midlife crisis that he's having if that's what you're getting at stevie yeah or that he becomes at peace with like oh i'm just not a guy who's gonna have kids or settle down you know what i mean like there's so many people that don't want to have kids to get married though right that's fine yeah but then he's never he's got to be okay with his friends moving on so you know yeah exactly like this is kind of like that balance i guess but i think like what do you want like them to show scenes of him at their kids' birthday parties, like carrying them around on their shoulder on his shoulders or something. Like Big Daddy. Something, yeah. Like Big Daddy. That's I mean, what you want. You want a Big Daddy ending where it's six months later, or it's a year and a half later, and he's got a kid. He's got his life together. No, no, no. I don't want that. No. But I, I think he could be like a good uncle, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd be a great uncle. That's awesome. But also, yeah. like, 
just, I want to see kind of like him longing for like a mirror image of himself, if that makes sense. Like every character has like wants and needs. And oh, I, like he secretly wants Paul yes. Rudd. Wait, he wants Paul Rudd and Rashida Jones to die so that he can raise his nephew. Like <laughs> exactly. He was like th- that's, what it, that's what I want. I get it. I get it now. So the sequel is I Love You Too, son. See, it rhymes, Josh. It rhymes. I love you too, son. <laughs> I love you too, son. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that would go over. Thank you for laughing at that. That's awesome. Before we get into yesterday, do you guys have any final thoughts? Do you, you think it would have been better if there was a scene at the end where he met? And I'm being serious this time. Like, you kind of riffing off what you just said. Like, he meets someone who's, like, drumming Rush at the buffet table. And she, like... I don't care if he meets somebody, but there's, like, a montage in this movie where Sydney is literally calling people in the wee hours of the night to come watch TV or come get drinks. Oh, like, yeah, it's sad. It's a sad, like, scene... And I mean, there has to be something to like kind of bridge that beyond like Paul Rudd being his friend, right? I mean, yeah. what are his wants and needs in life? Like, like why is he doing these things? Or I'm not saying he has to have kids or he has to find a wife, but like, you know, there's scenes where he's just like drinking and like watching movies or calling people to come watch TV. And they're obviously like, even if they're not married or have kids themselves, they're kind of, you know, trying to move forward in life where he's kind of stuck. We've we've done this we've done this before. It's just like a future Stevie question. A year and a half from now, are they still friends? Hundred percent. And I think okay, you think so? I just I worry that he's gonna be like no, you're saying. I, I, he's when when Peter can't hang out with him, he's gonna like not know what to do, and he's gonna be calling right, Peter all the time. Like why I want to see I, I understand he's not the main character, but I want to see Sydney's growth too. Him and Lou Ferrigno become best friends. Or you know, it'd be cool to see like. You know, Sydney like move like you know a couple houses down or next door to Peter. That'd be cool too. Yeah, I'd love that. Ooh, what if what if he starts hanging out with J.K. Simmons and Andy Samberg all the time? And it's like those three, just that, and Hank Mardukas, and, and Hank Mardukas. Yeah. <laughs> they got a good foursome going. Like that would be like cool because I mean I want that for Peter too not to like not have to worry about Sydney when he's like too busy to do something. Like that'd be, I don't know, that'd just be cool to see. There's stuff to be expanded upon here. That's why I love this movie. Would that be like a coda, like at the very end, or is that what they call that? Pat? I, I'm de- no, well, yeah, but I think I, even a, I love you too, man. Like I'm kind of surprised there wasn't a sequel to this. I mean, that is, is exactly what it would be about, right? What happens with Sydney? Well, they they already they made that movie though. What it is was it? called? It was called You, Me, and Dupree. Mm. That was before this. I know. So I said they've already made that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like they made it. What's crazy is that how much that mirrored his real life at the time, which yeah, is really sad, right? That's the Owen Wilson joint, right? That's the yeah. Owen Wilson with uh, Matt Dillon and uh, uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. So I, I really would love, and I love you too, man. I'm kind of down for it, Pap. Especially like years later, like you know, ten years later, fifteen years later. That'd be, I'd be down to see that. That'd be really cool.
there was uh, there's a couple movie references. I mentioned Donnie Depp earlier, wanting to be uh, Sparrow, um, Jack Sparrow. And if I sorry if my audio quality was bad because that's the moment I realized I wasn't recording locally. So hopefully we fix that. But uh, a chocolat reference. Never seen that movie. It's chocolate. You like it? Chocolate. I've never seen it. That's, it's chocolate too. That's Juliet Binoche. Yeah, I, I saw right? that in theaters. Future yeah. spoilers pick. What about Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium? With, uh, I think Dustin Hoffman's in that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen the Wonder Emporium. There's uh, a couple lines, too, from this movie. Jobin <laughs> uh, calling it an iPhone. I don't know if we talked about the douchebag real estate agent very much. Um, Tevin? He Tevin. plays that character really well in he's every in, movie. Yeah, isn't he in that Murderville? He's in that... Um, He's also in uh, what's that cat movie with uh, Key and Peele? Um, uh, Keanu. Uh, Keanu. Keanu. Yep, he's in that, and he plays an even bigger douche in that movie. Um, yeah, he's in a he's in a lot of like, you know, I'm a turd. Yeah, I'm a turd roles. He goes easy there, big girl. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Jobin. Iphen, I think I mentioned those. Those cracked me up. Uh, Jimmy Pardo was a comedian, and he had a sketch where he did like a high bass. And he had that like right before this movie came out. I never heard if they ripped that off or not. But my last final thought, Stevie, uh, Anwar Sadat's daughter sued the production of this for the depiction of her father. I think it what was dismissed, but they also called on the American embassy to issue an apology. No. Ah, uh, boo, fuckity who. It's not like he said, oh, he's not, he's going to get assassinated. Like, I mean, come on. He just said he looks like him. Come on. But he's a dog. So? Are you done, uh, Pap? Yeah, that's all I had. Okay, so. Wait, I thought I got the answer. You said so. Oh, so yeah, good. I ahead. get to say so. He's dead, Josh. So what, if someone, so what if someone said you look like a dog? Okay. If it's in a feature film, I don't know. And he had a chance to get some money if you sued. Yeah, That'd but be a good deal for he's you. He's been dead for forty years. <laughs> get over it. I'm just kidding, Egyptians. I'm sorry, Josh. Give me final thoughts. Final... Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Brett. Yeah, let me finish just just because we talked about it. Uh, in 2019. Lou Ferrigno said, I talked to Paul Rudd. They want to do it, a sequel. So apparently Paul Rudd has been talking about it, and there is a chance they'd love to do it again. Oh, I love Whoa. you too, man. Then you can really explore Sydney. I would like it makes he's so a much character sense. that's like worth exploring, I think. Dude, that's the, the thing, thing about Lou Ferrigno is that in Snap, the Hulk doesn't even have an ability. I know. He's just That's a big a, power card. Yeah. No ability at all. Sorry, Pap. Go ahead. No, sorry. The thing about Jason Siegel, he like really disappeared for a long time, too. Yeah. Like kind of after How I Met Your Mother run came to an end, I feel like his movie career culminated in that Muppets movie that he like spearheaded. And then like he was just like disappeared, like wrote YA novels. Or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's just now recently coming back with that Harrison Ford show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's really good. Shrinking is really good. Isn't he good in Winning Time? 
He's actually amazing in Winning Time. He, I still haven't uh, seen that. I can't believe I haven't seen that. He's a really good actor. I, I just think he has a lot of depth to him. I mean, I even liked him. Like, I thought he was a good actor in Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right, Pap. He, like, it's like sec- after sex tape is such a bomb. Like, he did a movie in 15, 17, 18, 19. And then he started doing this, I don't know, Dispatch from Elsewhere. I don't know what that is. He was part of that Princess Bride home movie thing. And then the sky is everywhere, windfall, and then the winning time and shrinking. So it's really weird. You're right. But he he was know. huge around this time. Like Marshall was like my favorite character. And I think a lot of people's favorite character from How I Met Your Mother and these movies and the Muppets. Like I well, said. Well, dude, you have to imagine how tired he was, though. Like to be in the writer's room nonstop for a show like How I Met Your Mother would be so hard. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he just lived at that studio. Did he write for it too? I don't know. Yes. He wrote a ton for um, How I Met Your Mother. Did he write the last episode? Because I pray to God not. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's considered like almost not even considered canon anymore. Like they've pretty much said the alternate ending is what you should go with. Thank God. Is that an alternate ending? Yeah, is that ending? She doesn't. His wife doesn't die, and they end up together. And he's talking to the kids at the end about That's their way mom. better. I know because I freaking hate Robin. <laughs> I freaking hate Robin. That's way better. <laughs> I mean, Ishka. But um, <laughs> any more final thoughts? No. Kid has a bush like a forty-year-old Serbian. Um, <laughs> Brillo pad, bro. And this is my nightmare. Two other lines that I fucking love. Did Jason Siegel <laughs> win an Oscar for Muppets song? Um, I think did he, he write it? I think he wrote the song. Yes. Did him and him and Britt write the song? Let me see. Is that the I'm a Muppet? Uh, no. I'm a man. Yeah. A man. It doesn't look like he was nominated, so never mind. Yeah, Britt, I think won for that. Um. Let's see here. Let's get into yes or no's. Um, let's start off with Brit. Uh, yeah, so I said earlier, I like this movie. It's just, there's so many uncomfortable parts for me in this movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is definitely a solid yes. I I enjoy it. I mean, Paul Rudd, he plays this character really well, and he plays sarcastic really well. So it's <coughs> it's pretty cool. Um, I love Jason uh, Steven Seagal. Um, I think the supporting cast is really funny. Uh, I like Rashida Jones, even though she's kind of a hypocrite. And um, overall, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's a solid yes for me. I'll let you guys talk more. I talk more than anybody. George. Yo, you talked more, bro. Uh, this is Josh from Goshen. Uh, I give this movie a super solid yes. I laughed a lot from the projectile vomiting to the stupid little, like, just kind of like writing jokes that are in this. Like the little almost like lyrical vocal missteps that they do on purpose. I will say, this is my first time seeing this movie all the way through, for sure. One thing that was crazy was somebody that I used to work with 
this movie all of a sudden illuminated that like 75% of their personality was Paul Rudd from this movie. <laughs> and Ben, if you're out there listening to this, uh, sorry I misunderstood you for so much time. I, I get you now more. Um, it should have just seen this movie a lot sooner than this. So big yes for I love you, man. Uh, PK. You're a real one. Thanks for bringing this to us. This was fun tonight. Thanks, PK. Did, uh, did your coworkers say, like, later some of the Minjay or Toast McGoats? <laughs> yep. yep. And also slap at a bass all the time. Wait, you never caught any of those references? I, I've never seen this movie. Oh, Josh. You're just leaving that man he, hanging out there. No, he flat out told me at one point it was from this and that he really liked this. But like just seeing this movie last night, like just snapped everything into place. He, I've even heard him say, "Today's Tom Soy." Hi on you. Today's Tom Soy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brett McKenzie. Happy. That's Brett McKenzie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Brett. Oh man, you're right. He did write that. God, I love those two guys. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um. Definite hard yes. Unlike Josh, I watched this so many times back in the day. I think I had this DVD, so it was like one that I would watch in a regular rotation, like going to bed even rotations. Like all of these lines are just burned into my brain. Um, I did see some modern discourse around people calling this movie homophobic, which seemed a little bit weird huh? because like Andy Samberg's characters, oh. you know, is gay and like jk simmons is like so proud of him but i think like maybe it's part of the humor that they're going at is that it's like weird that he's trying to make friends or that, it's, that he doesn't want like a gay dude kissing him but like, i feel like that's part of like it's really tapping into a couple things right like we talked about people that we know who didn't have any friends type thing and like we also talked about just how hard it is to make friends as an adult you know it, it is hard if you don't already have friends or if you move to a new town or if you like work remote you know, so like I, I think that's like a really relevant thing. I could see that being even more relevant now if they make "I Love You, Man" too. You know, uh, like Peter's son's got to work remote and like is having a hard time making a friend <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, I really, really like this movie. Um, I really like the sort of run of comedies. I can't believe this isn't a Judd Apatow movie. It feels like it. Um, this would be one of my favorite Apatow movies if it was. <laughs> Definite hard yes. Nice. Um, I just want to say thank you, PK, for picking this movie and let us pot on it. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Uh, I love this movie. This is a hard yes. This is one of those movies that I quote a lot. One line in particular is like when my wife and I are on the phone, uh, we try to riff off like what Peter says. And sometimes we'll just say, you know, I'll see you later or I'll catch you at another time. And I don't know why, but ben, that line. Ben said that too. Yeah, it's it's a great line. <laughs> like it's that line has always stuck with me. There's so many stars in this movie. Even just little, like not little guys, but like seeing Matt Walsh in a small role. It's very cool. And I don't know why, but I feel like there's a shortage of comedies like this nowadays. You guys notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's cancel cancel culture. Maybe the scripts just aren't coming in. I don't know. But um, 
I just think this is a hilarious movie. And around that time is like when comedies were just, I mean, they were just coming out like hotcakes. It was a lot of fun to watch. So it's a great movie. I hope they make an I Love You Too, man. I think that has a really great chance. I wouldn't say more of a serious movie, but kind of just some more explanation on Sydney's character would be a lot of fun. So hard yes. Preserve pick from PK. There we go. Pat, before we do some trivia, I think Josh has trivia too. Is that right, George? No. (laughs) Okay. That was was a misnomer. Sorry. I got you. I got you. Uh, Do we have an iTunes review you want to read? We do. Yeah. Um, Once again, before I read this, shout out to PK. Thanks again. We love you, buddy. Uh, But this review comes from P.H. Thomas. Subject is (laughs) the subject is witness. Not sure if that's the movie or witness me. Witness Uh, me. But it's five stars. Inadvertently found this pod. The guys have become a constant companion. Aww. Recommend it frequently. Ten out of ten. There we go. Beautiful review. Nice. Ph. Really appreciate that. Uh, If you want to leave us a review, Spore manually tell you how to do that. But we read them all. when we get them. So, yeah, thank you, P.H. Thomas. Pornhub Thomas. No! What? <laughs> does, does the witness have an exclamation point? No, nope. just the word witness. So maybe oh. it was he found us through the witness podcast? Maybe through that. Let us know, P- Pornhub Thomas. If it's, Yeah, reach out. If it's um, witness or like witness me blood back. Like, which one? I hope we know that. I hope you know that we'd say Pornhub with love. Definitely. It's a five-star review. He recommends the pod frequently. That's huge. We appreciate that. That's huge. That's something you'd only see on something like Pornhub. Thomas. Mm -hmm. But what we also appreciate, and no one more than Josh, is trivia. I did did make a trivia. Um, Here, I'll send these to you guys. But it's a classic game of sort this shit out. Uh, These are all... Um, artists who appeared in the movie I Love You Man and their best album uh, your task will be to sort these seven uh, artists by their uh, top selling album from least selling to most selling um, so for the audience at home the uh, artists and albums are Vampire Weekend Vampire Weekend Moving Pecuters The Cars with the Cars the Black Keys with El Camino, which is also a car. Rush with Moving Pictures. Beck with Odelay. Dean Martin with Dang. the Dean Dino, the essential Dean Martin. And the Flaming Lips with Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Least amount of sales to most amount of sales. Um, did you send us the list, Pap? Yeah, did you? I sent it on uh, Gchat. I can send it here, too. Yep. No, I got it. I got it. I got okay. it. This is tough because these were pretty big albums. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. Um, Stevie did a great job posting, so let's yeah. give him the advantage. We'll go. Uh, Brett, I feel like you know the most about music, so maybe Brett, Josh, Stevie. No, okay. going first is the advantage, but whatever. Well, okay, you want to go first? You, you can go first, Josh, if you want. I think you just get the most chances if you go first. Least, I'll say. 
They said least. Okay, sorry. Yeah, least, least first. first, right? Yeah, I'll least say first El Camino. First. Incorrect. Okay, who's up? Brett. Uh, Vampire Weekend. Incorrect. Oof. TV. Flaming Lips. Correct. Good one. Good one. They're kind of a niche. Eight hundred thirty-five thousand copies. Really? Yoshimi. I've heard that album. It's a good album. I feel like the the Flaming Lips are like a huge like sea live band. Yeah, and they had two really big yeah. albums, and then kind of. Haven't done much before or since. I'm one of those 35,000 people. That's really weird. 835,000. They have Vampire Weekend, The Cars, Black Keys, Rush, Beck, Dean Martin. So not Platinum, but still. Who's next? You are. You're still up. You keep going. Sort this shit out, Stevie. Sort this shit out. I don't know. I don't like the fact that Beck has an album called Odale. You don't know that? Fuck that guy. But Just because he's a Scientologist? Scientologist, right? Yeah, he's a Scientologist. Fuck that guy. Oh, did not so, know that. They got the Battlefield Earth episode. Um, I will say Odale. Incorrect day. Mm. Did we mention Beck on that episode? I don't no. think so. I don't uh, think so either. Uh, Josh. Josh is up. Yeah, I'm going to go back to El Camino then. You got to sort it out in order. The Flaming Lips. Correct. The Black Keys. Incorrect. Okay. <laughs> Flaming, li- <laughs> Flaming Lips. Thanks. Vampire Weekend. <laughs> Incorrect, Stevie. Jeez Louise. Say the flaming lips, then moving pictures. Incorrect. Fuck. Josh. The flaming lips, the cars. Incorrect. The flaming lips. One left. The flaming lips, Dean Martin. Correct. Weird. Okay. um, I'm going to keep keep going with it. If it ain't broke, Uh, it is broke. Uh, Vampire Weekend. Correct. Okay. Uh, Vampire Weekend with 1.3 million. Dean Martin with 1.1 million. Okay. Um, Black Keys. Correct. El Camino with 3 million. Nearly three times. Back. The essential Dean Martin. Correct. With 3,052,000. Okay, Very close to Black Keys. This is where it's going to get different. I got three left. Two left. Two, Two left. Uh, Oh, oh yeah. Oh gosh. So it comes down to which one sold more, or which one sold less? The cars with the cars, or Rush with the I am going to go against my gut, and I'm going to say Rush. Rush sold 5.7 million copies and was less than the cars. <sighs> the cars. Correct with six point four million. Nice, good job, Rep. Just because that they were like, I get it. The Rush is like a bigger band overall, but like Josh was, the cars for like a three to five year period were freaking everywhere. It's like foreigner, maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think you're underestimating that because the cars like fit into a lot of the weird quirky styles yeah, yeah, that like, keep popping up since the 80s and and late like they have like a like a late 70s style too and stuff like that yeah for sure i like, feel bad that rick okasek died like two years ago and like nobody really talks about it wasn't he famous for being like super ugly and by having a hot girlfriend oh he's definitely he? ugly no rest <laughs> in peace he looked like a dog <laughs> I'm just like, dude, the president of Egypt sued for this shit. Yeah. Okasek's estate's gonna be all over us. The president didn't because he died 30 years before the movie came out. His daughter did. <laughs> Okasek's estate is gonna come after her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, but guess Brett, what? I, I am a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt, so good luck, Rick Okasek's wife. <laughs> <laughs> you are you get to uh you have a hot take brett and you can toss it to spoiler man uh 
I think Anwar Sadat died for a good reason. What the a good, co- a good oh cause? God. A good cause, I mean. A good cause, I mean. I mean, he died trying to do something right. It's really sad. Um, I don't have a hot take. Uh, this is really fun. Thanks for listening. I I wish there were more Ifen reviews. Um, <laughs> nice. And, you know. Ladies, return the favor. That was <laughs> spoilers. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Special thank you to our patrons Druid King. Fuck you, Larry. Matt Troll. You know, I can see that because he's a great boyfriend. But did you have any good friends growing up? I honestly don't remember any. Brother Brian. Grew up together in the same house. Nick. Put all his focus and energy into his relationships, and all his dude friends just fell by the wayside. The Meg. What's up? Barky420. You play an instrument? The Wolf. I remember taking him swimming when he was 12 years old. Kid had a bush like a 40-year-old Serbian. Total Movie Recall. Big time. Big time. Spencer. Big time. Big time. Slip to base. Big time. Nurse Stacy. Really sorry I lost my shit out there. You look under your plastron, dick wicker. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. I don't have a problem. I'm saying I would want to be Jack Sparrow. I would want to like, I don't know. I think that would be a fun one to play. That was spoilers.